A few weeks ago, we released an episode titled, Honey, I've Lost My Village. We have received a number of messages from listeners who have connected with our words, but we have also heard messages offering a different viewpoint. I have a village, but my village doesn't always make my life easier, one listener wrote. Today, we get honest about the complexities of having a village and demonstrate that there is no one-size-fits-all description of what a village is. You're listening to Honest Women, the podcast for every woman who's trying to juggle the relationships, roles, and responsibilities that come with modern womanhood and finding it all just a little harder than she thought it would be. We're your hosts, Andrea Berkeley and Jessica Hutchison, your new besties who just happen to be therapists. And while we believe that life is hard and there's no tip or trick that will solve that, it does get just a little bit easier when we can be real with each other and talk about it honestly. You're listening to Honest Women. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? I think I'm good. Me too. It's a good day. It's a Monday morning as we are recording this, and mm-hmm. so far so good because <laughs> I haven't done much yet. Right. Nothing's <laughs> happened yet. Yeah, it's good to start from a baseline like that. It's not not every day starts from a good baseline, so. It does not. This is true. It's usually utter chaos, which it has been. So an honest women listener, and we actually have quite a few people that are reaching out, so please do, side note, reach out because we're at a place right now. We read them all. Yeah, we read every single text message or email that we get, whether you contact us through our own websites or you happen to know us, every single review and every single comment that you leave on an episode, we read them all and it really does make a huge difference right now. It does. It really does. So thank you to this listener who reached out after listening to our Village episode, which was one of the first episodes we did release. Mm -hmm. So go back if you haven't listened to it. And she talked about the conflict feelings she felt as she listened to this episode. Mm. So one of the things she had said was, I moved back home for my village. I do have people to help me. But come to realize is that this village that she quote unquote chose is Mm. a huge stressor for her. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to bring this viewpoint to our listeners because I can guarantee There are other listeners out there who are feeling the exact same way as she is. Oh, yes. And I think in this particular instance, you're talking about the part of a village that is your family. Is that right? That is. That is what she was referring to in her message is I moved away and I came back for my village, which includes her family of origin and brought up a number of things that she never realized would come up. There's this other feeling of guilt because it's I chose this and I have these people, but man, does it complicate my personal life. Yeah. It is so easy for us, any situation to say, man, I wish I had what she had. And this is one of those spots where it's, gosh, I just wish I had family that was involved in our lives. But we both know that family being involved in your lives is one of the main things that people come to therapy to talk about. It is very true. And I have been guilty of statements, you're so lucky. You Uh have all this help. Somebody will say to me, we've never hired a babysitter because my parents always are able to. And my first thought is, well, I think I secretly despise them because I'm like, ugh, that's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> That's I was really cool. like, wow, you are rich then because it really got me thinking differently because as somebody who doesn't have her immediate family close by, it can be easy to say, you're so lucky that you have that and not take a look at how that can make things really complicated in one's life. Here's where I think we should start is, okay, so what if we do have a village and we chose to move back Mm-hmm. for that village, move back home if we moved away or chose to stay in our hometown or an area where we grew up to have that village, mm-hmm. but we're struggling to find ourselves within it. I'm curious then for you how this either shows up inside your office or if you are experiencing this yourself. Yeah. Okay. Well, this shows up inside my office all the time. This is one of the main things that people talk about. It is, and actually it's one of the first things I ask about when I am just meeting a new client. I want to know who's in your life. And then I'll specifically ask about family because sometimes our family is close by, but they're not a big player in our story. And this is where it gets so complicated. But I feel like this comes up a lot, especially with women and their relationship to their mother or their Mm, mother-in-law. Yes. It can be anything from, I moved home thinking my mom was going to be super involved and she's just not. Mm. That's true for me personally. So I'm just going to put that out on the table. I don't know how far I'm going to, I will go with that today, but that's true for me personally. I moved home to my hometown thinking- You did. I did. I moved home to my hometown after I said I would never do this. (laughs) I will never come back here. And I moved home to my hometown and lived blocks away from where I grew up. And I'd always felt like I had had a close relationship with my mom, especially, and it just hasn't translated. And I'm sure good reasons for that. I mean, everyone has their own story. And I know how hard it is when you're thinking, I'm coming home. I'm going to have this close relationship with my own mom and she's going to love my kids, right? Mm Because it's not just about me at that point. I mean, it is. I want to have that relationship, but it's also about my kids. And it is so painful and it's so almost embarrassing when someone's like, how's your mom? And you're like, I don't know. Oh, I hear you on that one. And and it's so complicated to just try to work through that. So that's come up in my own life. And that's I'm not the only person who deals with that. I know I have some clients who just are heartbroken because they thought, hey, we live close. Mom has a lunch date instead of coming over to hang out with the kids. Or every time it's like, hey, you want to come over? It's, you know, okay. Show up for half an hour. Like, well, I got to go now. I, I think this is a fairly common experience, actually. It really is. That mother-daughter dynamic, I use the same exact principles in a mother-daughter dynamic that I do with couples therapy. It's Mm -hmm. the exact same principles. Like that pursuer, that withdrawer, what raw spots get hit, they come up. And what I hear you saying and what I hear a lot of women inside my office say is they don't know how to show up as a mother and a daughter in this dynamic. And so we all struggle with past wounds or things within our own childhood, right? Needs that weren't met that show up in that mother-daughter relationship, which can make it really complicated when you're also showing up as the mother to your children. And you're kind of caught in this in-between of where am I? Who am I in this moment? We all change, especially if you've done any particular type of work to change yourself 
or to grow yourself. We might have a relationship with the same person, but not be the same person anymore. Or we might say, well, we were really close when I was doing these actions or our relationship felt like this, but I don't want to be that way anymore. Or maybe I never should have been that way. And so we come back trying to, like assuming I think we're going to fall into some sort of easy pattern. It just doesn't always. And again, you start to go, well, what's wrong with me then? Because I'm here and it feels so shitty. Well, not only does it feel shitty, I think people point it out. Oh, totally. With those indirect comments, oh, she's not coming. Those statements that feel judgmental. Right. Because usually they pick at a raw spot that the other person doesn't know that we even have. Right. But there's a lot of disappointment that comes with being close to your village and potentially not being what you thought they would be. Right. Or they are being what you thought they would be. You don't like it. Yes. It's too much. Yeah, sometimes it's not that it's not enough. Sometimes that it's like, it is too much. Have you ever had this happen with a client? Absolutely, where they loved how their mother showed up throughout childhood, but they're not loving how that mother is showing up for their grandchildren. It's very different, and it's a different dynamic in a different relationship. And then when this mother goes to suggest, point out, how her mother is behaving, it does not go over well mm-hmm. at all. In fact, it's almost watching an adult revert back to their childlike self, like where they go to their room and they just, you know, sit in silence and yep. maul over how they messed it all up. What I'm hearing you say is that sometimes we see things when we're close to our family of origin, sometimes they do things that they used to do when we were kids and like, we don't do that anymore. And correcting that or setting a boundary around that or saying like, no, we're not going to do that. It doesn't go over well. Because I think what happens is that it hits at this really core thing that I like to assume that if we're parents, we all have, which is like, I want to do a good job. Sometimes doing things differently makes your mom or mother-in-law or whoever it is feel like you're saying that they did a bad job. It hits their raw spots. It is their raw spots. So you're down to the basics like, yeah, mom, I know that when we were babies, you laid us down on our tummies, but now we lay babies down on their back. Well, I don't know why we would have to do that. Why are you being so sensitive about this? Mm-hmm. Why are you Why are you micromanaging me? You turned out fine. Oh gosh, that's the worst. And I think it's hard not to, <laughs> to push back and say, well, define fine one or well, <laughs> you don't well, know how right. much therapy I've been exactly. in. Exactly. Okay. It's a so lot. So your definition of fine has taken lots and lots of therapy to get to this baseline that you now see. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it strips it all down to, well, sure, we all will will turn out fine for the most part. However, generation after generation, we're all trying to do a little better than the people before us did. It doesn't right. mean you did it wrong. It means we've learned since then. And this is one of those places where we're like, culturally, we've taken a huge left turn. So our parents might come, might say, I just told you what to do and you did it. Or if you talk to your kids like that about their feelings, they're just going to be a bunch of wimps. Then you're caught in this bind of having to, like you're trying to behave a certain way with your kids or you have a certain philosophy and you're having to defend it or you fight it, or there's now, con- even if you're not having to fight it, if there's just conflict between you. 
Mm-hmm. You feel like you're being judged in your own home. They feel like they're being judged because you do things differently than they do. It can get really loaded really fast. Then there's the extra component. What we're really referring to right now is is our family yeah. of origin or mm-hmm. our parents. And it gets even more complicated when we add an entire other family mm-hmm. to the mix and say, Ooh. okay, I have this village that I chose now I have this village that, well, I chose one of the members of that village, but I didn't, you know, everybody comes together, right? right. We all, there's this multi-level village that we create when we get married. That really complicates it too, because now you have two adult children with their own upbringings, their own way of doing things, and their own raw spots that get hit by their parents. And man, can that complicate a situation. Absolutely. This is a really interesting dynamic. First of all, I don't know if you found this when you got married, but I had a different perception of maybe the rules and the roles and the norms of my husband's family than he had. Oh, of course. He had a certain way of of being inside that family and it was different than mine. And so the way I see things and the way he sees things with regards to how his family operates is different. And we have our own stories with our in-laws too. So those haven't always been easy relationships. And especially if you move towards them and you go, well, shoot, seeing you once a year felt a little sticky. Now I see you once a week. And now maybe you have expectations I wasn't even ever aware of because my husband said, oh yeah, my family's really easygoing, but when I'm with them, I'm like, oh shit. They're not. Really? Is that how you define easygoing? Or, oh yeah, my mom's like super happy and you're like, is she though? I. Mm, you're like, that's mm-hmm. a natural withdrawer statement. My family's easygoing. It's yes. Like, no, your family never was easygoing. You just withdrew yes. from it and didn't deal with it. <laughs> I know. And I just, I so believe, I think that we as women tend to be the more leaning in partner mm-hmm. and tend to be the more relational partner. I just kind of, I just think we have a more clear view of our own families. And it's a little more raw sometimes. And it's a little more, and this is, you know, not, this is, I'm being grossly general here, but I just think that, especially if you have a family that deals with things by uh, withdrawing from a situation, or especially if you have a family where the rule or the norm is like, we don't complain, or you don't question me, or you just do as I say and everything goes well, you might think everything was fine because we were so busy like sweeping everything under the rug that it was fine. It's fine. (laughs) It's so fine. Everything's Everything's fine. Everything's Everything's great. Everything's perfect. Uh, If you ever hear someone, whether it's a friend, whether it's a partner, whatever, say, oh, my family never had conflict. Just (laughs) like get ready because they did. It just means that they dealt with it in a way that maybe you you don't do. Because sometimes dealing with conflict is avoiding it and not leaning into it, which actually magnifies it and makes it 10 times worse. But then you get the statement with, I'm not comfortable with it, or we don't do that. And no, you did, but in a very withdrawn way versus the families who fight it all out. So you've got maybe somebody that you didn't grow up with who's used to taking some sort of position in their family. You don't even really know what it is. And then they show up in your life 
and they have their own ideas. And to be honest, like you honestly don't know what they are for a long period of time. And it just is like luck of the draw. If you just happen to envision that your mother-in-law would want to come by you know, about once a week and she'd offer and it would feel real easy breezy, but she wouldn't overstep. That's a lot of expectations that you would have. And I guess maybe there are people out there who just happen to be a really natural match. You know, maybe you expect that they just won't stop by at all unless invited. Or maybe you say, well, why doesn't she just welcome herself in? We have all of these different expectations and with our own families, we might spot the trouble spots sooner, but with our in-laws, you don't even know what pitfalls are there. Until no. you're in Until it. Until you're in it. And sometimes you're in it means that you bought an expensive house two blocks away. You might not even know who your spouse is in relation to their family until you're in it because they Absolutely. acted fine at that three-hour visit. But now when mom or dad is around and not around or too around or whatever, they change. And you're like, uh-oh, we got something going on here. And then I think about these women and how people like me truly have thrown statements. You're so lucky you don't have to worry about that. You're so lucky you have your mom down the street who will come over whenever you need her to. I'm very guilty of that and will acknowledge Mm -hmm. that I've been envious of that. And I'm really happy that I was offered a different way of looking at it. Yeah. And I also think uh, my counter, my challenge to this point counterpoint is that I still think you're so lucky to have a mom down the road who will come and show up for you. And it's not a simple story. So maybe I'll just keep that part in my own brain, not say it out loud because I do. It's something that I long for. And so Mm -hmm. it's something that I would look over and be like, man, that must be nice. Again, that's a simple story because it probably is nice in some ways. It probably does fulfill some needs that I have that aren't being fulfilled. And it's complicated. It's always complicated. complicated. And, And I think we always long for it not to be complicated. I think we have this really primal longing for family closeness. It's so strong. And we just kind of assume that it's going to be easy and work well and be smooth. And it's not. And when it's not, we can feel like there's something wrong with us or we can feel a lot of extra distress. And I just think that the truth is human relationships are often more complicated. They always are. So maybe we need to acknowledge that we can have more than one village, Mm. that a village isn't just this one huge group of people in our lives. Maybe there is a village that we did choose, choose to be closer to our family for support with our children. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a village for our kids. And then maybe there's a village that we have for ourselves personally as well. Say more about that. How would, how could those two villages, like who would be in what village? How, what would that look like? You want me to draw you? I'll draw you a picture. No, I'm kidding. No, no, that's great. I'm I'm such a visual person. No, I think a lot of it comes down to expectations. And we, as much as I hate to put things all back on ourselves, I think it's really important to look at what are our expectations for Mm -hmm. the people in our lives Mm -hmm. and how they show up. Mm -hmm. So for example, if I have this expectation that my mother or mother-in-law is going to just show up at my door with a freshly baked sourdough bread, and that Mm -hmm. is not something that has ever happened before, am I setting myself up for disappointment? Or if I'm expecting the person who criticizes me not to criticize me in this manner, 
am I setting myself up for failure? It's really looking at what am I wanting and needing from these individuals and how do I get that Mm -hmm. in my life where I want my children to have this close relationship with family. It's very important, but I also need to show up as the parent and how do I do that gracefully Mm -hmm. if I can. You've hit on a couple of really important things here. First, expectations. I do think we just have to be so much more explicit than we ever thought we were going to be. We can be so much happier that way. That's true for if you move home, you know, when you have your own kids to be close to your family. That's true if you're a college kid coming home and moving back in with mom and dad and expecting things to be the same way that they always were, or someone who's having their own college kid move back. It's just true with any relationship. It will go so much better in theory. It has a better chance of going better. If we can say, you know, I'm really hoping that when we move home, you're going to want to spend some time with the kids and you're going to want to spend some time with me. You know, I'm not sure what feels good for you, but I'm kind of envisioning that about once a week. Or I'm really wanting you to feel welcome in my home. And that's only by invitation. I can't have anybody showing up at our home without an invite. No, you won't have a key. And that doesn't mean I don't love you. At least these things are on the table and we can like hash them out. I'm not saying that's going to have be an easy discussion. No. I'm just saying it gives you a chance at it being a little bit better. And I think from that expectation standpoint, it's also expecting that it might not be an easy conversation. But why it's not an easy conversation often has little to nothing to do with you as an individual. It has to do with the other person's insecurities and raw spots. So if I say you can't just show up unannounced, the person here, we don't want you. Right. We don't want you in our lives. No. So that defense that comes back is is a result of what they're hearing, not what's being said, Right. what they're hearing. And that I think is such an important piece when we talk about this whole idea of setting boundaries or managing expectations Mm -hmm. is to say, how are they hearing it? Not what am I saying? And thinking they're not respecting that. It's what are they hearing? And being curious about that can be helpful. But again, like you don't have to be a therapist to everybody in your life. Asking a lot. no. So maybe we just notice that we give ourselves the best chance by saying it, knowing that it might not go well. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't have said it because this is the best chance that you have is to be really explicit, you know, and you can try to clarify. I so appreciate all of your experience that you bring to the table as a parent. We are choosing to do things differently. And I just ask that you respect that that's my space now. Not because you did it badly, but because this is just how we want to do it. And yeah, that can be accepted or it can be rejected. And yeah, it could go smoothly or it could be get some feedback from your spouse. Yeah. My mom thinks you're being such a, you know, whatever, <laughs> Like, but you try. And maybe it's just to take that moment too to clarify for your own self, what am I expecting here? Maybe you go, gosh, I'm just expecting it to feel a certain way between me and my mom, but maybe it was never easy between me and my mom. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was never like, you know, I just felt like we could see eye to eye. Maybe I always felt criticized or, you know, it was complicated. I wanted more, she wanted less. She wanted more, I wanted less. And identifying a little bit about like what might a healthy relationship look like or what am I really hoping for can just help clarify the situation, I think. And redefining that village. 
mm-hmm. as in I have a I do have a village of of great support for my children. Yes. Or from my extended family. But man, do I need another village for me. Right. As a I person. need a whole I need a whole nother village so I can process what's happening with the village <laughs> that I'm willing to have for my children. Right. Exactly. And that's where our friends, right? That family, I I go back to that, the family we choose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how many of our people in our community or our teachers or coaches, friends, neighbors, therapists. all become therapists, exactly, yep. become the family we choose. They are yep. part of that village and they may not be the part of the village that is helping you directly with right. your children, but they're helping you survive. Right. Right. Because it is so complicated. It always is. And it can be really easy to go, well, if your family was so difficult, why did you move back? Well, (laughs) man, because this is complicated. Or, hey, if your mother-in-law makes you so nuts, why do you see her once a week? Well, because I have more than one iron in the fire here because she's wonderful with my daughter. You know, I I have some boundaries. I won't let her treat me like shit. You know, I'm not going to accept that. Or I won't let her defy my parenting. Or even like, yeah, she's not allowed to stop by unannounced. But I choose to remain in relationship with this person and I do the best that I can because I, I have a primal longing to be loved and cared for by family. And look at what this is doing for my kids. I believe that this is important for them. It's going well for them. For me, mm, tricky. Well, that's the sacrifice of so many women. Mm -hmm. But it is finding that balance. The sacrifice of this village that we have is beautiful for my children. Mm -hmm. But not allowing it to be only what you have or it can really take you down. Right. And that's where so much of the whole boundary, I hate to even use the word to be honest, because it's been overused, Mm -hmm. but this whole idea of tuning into what you want or what Mm -hmm. you need is really important. Yeah. And maybe finding a little freedom and saying, just like we talked about in the first episode, not everyone can fulfill every role. And so maybe your extended family fills this really important role for your kids, but they don't fill a relational role for you. Maybe sometimes we have to let that be okay. I'm not saying like you kind of, it's a free for all. I'm just saying, what if it's possible that, yeah, we moved home and it is great to have the support of date night sitter, or I can see the delight that she has in my own children, but it's tricky with us. And both of these things can be true. So I think what we're getting at is that the village that we often choose or do choose for our children can come at a cost to us or can be significantly more stressful or overwhelming than we ever thought would be. And maybe we have to look at it from the standpoint of how we show up for one village might be different than how we show up for another village. And I think about my day-to-day, and I am very much a hat-wearing kind of person, both both literally, literally and figuratively right now. <laughs> Where when I walk into my office, I put my therapist hat on. Mm-hmm. And when I leave that office, I take off my therapist hat. 
-hmm. and I put on my mom hat or my wife hat. Or when I go out to dinner with friends, I put on my just let loose Jess hat. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what we look look for is what hat do I wear and with who? Mm -hmm. And knowing that's okay. So for the women who listened to our village episode, first, we want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. If you do have a difference of opinion or can offer a different way of looking at things, please let us know. We want to be able to have these conversations and offer different perspectives. That is the whole purpose of that. Mm -hmm. So to the women who are listening who have a village that they chose, we hear you and we understand that that can be a lot more complicated than any of us ever thought it could be. So girl, if you do have a village and it's the one that you moved home for and you're finding that it's a little bit more complicated than you thought, remember, we can have more than one village and we can choose a village that also supports what we need just as much as we can choose one that supports our kids. As we wrap up summer, Andrea and I will be taking a season break, but don't worry. We will be back on August 16th with a can't-miss back-to-school episode. If you haven't already, don't forget to hit that little follow button so you will be the first to know when we return. Have any episode topics you want to hear us discuss? Or do you have questions that you want us to answer on the show? Guess what? You can email us at hello at honestwomenpodcast.com. We'll be back in a couple weeks speaking some more truth and dropping a few more F-bombs. So until then, hang in there, ladies.